Welcome to the Financial Feast Podcast. I'm Kevin, and this is Zach. Today we're going to be talking about what is a diversified portfolio. So when we're talking about a diversified portfolio, the last couple of weeks, we've kind of started to explain what a stock market understanding is. Uh, We went into what is the stock market, and then we explained how to invest in the stock market. Yes. So today, what we wanted to look at a little bit is helping people understand, now that I understand a little bit about what the stock market is, now that I'm investing a little bit in the stock market, I keep hearing this term, diversified portfolio, and I don't know what that means. Um, And I don't know if if I'm doing it. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. So what I wanted to do is kind of explain, first of all, what a portfolio is, and then we can go into what a diversified portfolio is. So first, uh, can you just quickly explain what a diversified, or not a diversified, what a portfolio is? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Portfolio, I guess the easiest explanation would just be a collection of assets, right? A collection, a grouping of assets. This could be stocks, bonds, and other different things, but... The idea is it's your collection of assets that hopefully will make you money. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're talking then about a diversified portfolio, obviously that leans to there's an option for a non-diversified portfolio. Mm. So what we're going to do is kind of explain a little bit about what a diversified portfolio is. And just for a qualifier, we're not going to tell you what to have in your portfolio. This is not a buy this stock, have this stock, have this company podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, The purpose of this podcast is to help you understand uh, what a diversified portfolio is. So then as you're looking at maybe investing on your own, or you're looking at your portfolio that you have through your company, yes, or you're looking at a portfolio that you have through a private company that you're paying, you can see the portfolio and you can ask these questions and look at these qualifiers and say, well, am I diversified enough? So when we're talking about a diversified portfolio, you may be saying, well, why is it important? Why does it even matter? And and we have two different reasons that we think that a diversified is important and really that anybody thinks that a diversified yes. is important because what a diversified portfolio is, is it manages your risk and it manages your reward. So when we're talking about risk and reward, those are some interesting concepts that not a lot of people may may be familiar with outside of, I mean, mean, obviously we all know risk. We all know the idea of risk and reward. But when we're talking about it in the idea of a stock market, people might be confused. So we're going to talk through five different points today. And today we're going to understand what your risk level is and how you need to kind of manage that. We're going to talk about the importance of diversification, because obviously this is a diversified portfolio. So we're going to talk about what diversification is, why it's important. We're going to talk about the different cap levels of companies. Um, and for those of you who are like, whoa, you lost me. It's, it's not super complicated. We're going to make it pretty simple. It's pretty easy. We're going to also talk about the stock to bond ratio, which is an important part of a diversified portfolio. And then we're going to talk about international versus domestic and what that looks like and what you need to be thinking about that. So point number one, because we're talking about risk and reward, that's the benefit of a diversified portfolio is it help mitigate your risk 
yeah. and it bumps up your rewards. So when we're talking about understanding your risk level and what this concept of reward is for a portfolio, help us kind of understand what that means and what that looks like. Yeah. So I would say right off, risk level is different for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, your age is taking into that consideration. Um, there's a lot of other factors that are taken into that, but also just the personal personality of the person with the risk level at their will. Some people might not be willing to take that chance to possibly get higher earnings that are not guaranteed because they know that the higher the risk, maybe the higher the reward, but also the greater the chance of losing yeah. anything, all of it. Right. Yeah. So understanding the, your risk level is important because you need to know kind of where you're at and a good uh, financial advisor will help with that. Or there's some stuff online that you can look at to kind of give you a barometer of where your risk level is and kind of help you decide and that giving you that time period, right, that yeah. you'd be able to decide on. Yeah. Um, which leads right into the, the importance of diversification, which is actually our second point. Yeah. Uh, as we talked a little bit about what diversification is, it's typically considered an investment term, but the idea of it is something that we kind of do every day, right? Yeah. So when we hear diversification, we obviously in the financial realm think finance we think stock market, we think a portfolio. Yeah. That's where we go when we hear diversification. And that's where most people probably go when they hear this term, even though they might not understand it. But all of us on a daily basis are doing diversification, hopefully. And I, and I say that because what did you eat tonight, Kevin? I actually just had a, a pork chop and some vegetables and some rice. Okay, so you diversified wine. your diet this I evening did. because did. you didn't just have a pork chop, right? Or you right. didn't just have a vegetable, yeah. right? You had multiple different things. And and when we're talking about diversification, simply stated, it's just having a broad spectrum of things so you're not focused on one sole thing, right? So we all can agree vegetables are really important. Yeah. Great thing to have, especially if you're a parent, you're oh, yes. forcing your children to eat you your veggies, eat your right? But we don't make our kids only eat vegetables. Why is that? Well, there's obviously the diet's important and having every aspect of your diet taken care of is important, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're missing in impressive or you're missing important nutrition when you're only eating a certain food group, right? So right. um I'm not a dietitian. I'm not going to say that I am, but there's there's iron and there's proteins and whatever else in these all these other food groups that you're going to be missing out if you're only eating vegetables or if you're only eating fruits, right? Yes. Or if you're only eating bread. Bread's delicious, but you're not going to be getting all these other things if you're only eating one subgroup. So, in a healthy normal person, they're diversifying their food. Same thing right with the stock market is when we're talking about diversification, it's important for us to understand that when we're putting our money into a portfolio, we don't want it only in one thing. Yes. Because what does that do to us if it's only in one thing? Going back to point number one about understanding our risks. Yeah. So if you're the higher the risk, the more it's in one thing, right? And you could even think maybe in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, also the higher the reward. Well, that's not necessarily the guarantee. Yeah. Because diversification also helps broaden the reward because as more things do well, you do well. And in general, 
the market will continue to rise. It'll fall, but generally, historically, it has always risen. So if you can keep that in the back of your mind and diversify, you can take advantage of that, right? Yeah. So we're going to talk about three different things now kind of after this idea of diversification that are included in the diversification, right? So we talked about there's five different things we're talking about. Number one was risk and reward. We kind of explained that this risk level changes maybe as you get older. You can have more risk when you're younger because you have a longer period of time in the market. And as you're getting closer to retirement, you want to kind of mitigate that a little bit. And this diversification helps do that because certain investments are inherently more risky, right? And certain investments are less risky. And as you diversify, you're kind of hedging your bets. So this diversification kind of has three different elements that we're going to talk about. And and we mentioned at the beginning, we're going to be talking about stocks and bonds. We're going to be talking about international versus domestic. And we're going to be talking about the different levels of companies when we're talking about cap level. So these all fall underneath the idea of diversification. And these are ways to diversify. Yeah. So point number one, I guess point number three, technically, but now that we're past this diversification, we're going to talk about these three things. So the first one is the understanding the different cap valuations of companies. What is that and why is it important? Yeah. So cap capital is what that stands for, the capital levels. So uh, there's small, mid and large. Those are the three main ones. There's actually... Uh, a couple subcategories, but the main ones are small, mid, and large cap. Uh, small cap is defined as having $250 million to about $2 billion mm-hmm. in net worth. Uh, $2 billion to $10 billion would be the mid cap. And then $10 billion to about $250 billion, $200 billion is the large cap. Okay. So if you just think about that right off, you kind of think, okay, well, large cap, if they're making $200 billion, They've got to be a pretty established company, right? They have to have been doing business for a while, know what they're doing, it's generally considered a safer investment. Yeah. Uh, small cap, 250 to $2 billion, that's still decent money, right? Yeah. So these are not just like your little mom and pop shops. Yeah, either. they're not just these little tiny corner stores. Right, right. So being able to diversify into those is important, right? Being yeah. able to kind of pick and choose the different cap levels is nice because knowing that information, right, you're able to pick a little bit more safer, which would be considered more large cap, but less growth, right? They don't grow as much because at 200 billion, you're not really growing much more as quick, but the smaller cap, they have a potential for more growth. So then if it's growing a little bit more, uh, maybe you get more money out of it, right? But once again, it could completely sink because they're not as established. So Higher risk, higher reward. Yeah. So when we're talking about this diversification, it's important to have some of these large companies, an Amazon, for example. Yes. Great company, well-established, good price, right? You know it's not going anywhere, but you also know that the value of your stock isn't just going to jump up probably because, like you said, the company's well-established. They're not making like super drastic changes that are going to cause a super big influx of money for them to just go up in price. Right. But it's important to have them because we know they're going to be solid. And if something happens, we're pretty secure in this in this company. Whereas with a small cap, it's also important to have those, like you mentioned, yeah. because they do have room to grow. 
So as we're diversifying, understanding the large cap and understanding the small cap and having a little bit of both is it's important to have. And it's important to understand why we have them, right? We don't want to cause somebody to say, well, Kevin and Zach said have large cap, so I'm just going to have large cap. I have no idea why, but they said it, so I'm just going to do it. Or whoever wrote a book says this is a great investment, and I literally have no clue why, but they seem reputable, so let's follow it. That's not what our goal is. No. Like, we want to help you understand, well, what is the reasoning behind this, and why does it make sense for me? So when we're talking about the stock market, we're talking about having a well-diversified portfolio. Uh, the first step is really understanding the valuations of companies, the different sizes of them, mm-hmm. and having a good split among those in, in your whole portfolio. Yes. Yeah. And once again, that is really important. And the nice thing is, is that when you're thinking about that, you also got to take into account the stock to bond ratio. Yeah. And that's another thing to think about. Uh, bonds, lower returns typically, but considered to be a lot safer. Um, they are, uh, considered a great hedge against the stock market. Usually, uh, stock market's low bond market is generally doing okay. And they can kind of hedge your bets, so to speak, Yeah. stocks and bonds. And there's a few different, um, ways to do that, but typically just always remember stocks, more risky bonds, less risky. So if you feel if point number one, right, what's your risk? What's your risk tolerance? What's your risk level? Yeah. Now that kind of applies here with, okay, if you know bonds are less risky and stocks are more so, you can kind of adjust accordingly. Yeah. So I, I we, we didn't really talk about this at this point, but I think it might be helpful for people to kind of understand. You mentioned really quick that they can go to a, a professional to kind of understand their risk level. Maybe, maybe they don't have the money, right, to yeah. hire a professional. Well, how would you kind of encourage somebody to kind of figure out what's a let, – let's say they're 30 years old, right, they're married, they have a couple of kids. What's a good way to kind of figure out when we're talking about stocks, maybe stocks and bonds, what's a good way to figure out what's a good split between them um, to figure out how, how risky I can be? Because you said that stocks are more risky. Sure. And you said that bonds are less risky. So how do I know – if I should, how, what, what's a good split that I should have? Yeah. So there's the rule of a hundred, right? The thumb rule of a hundred, where you take the number a hundred, you subtract your age and that determines what percentage of your portfolio should be in stocks. So right now I'm 32. So if I were to do that, then that would be that, um, 32% of my, my money should be in bonds and 68% in stocks. And then theoretically it would adjust as you get older. So that way you have a higher risk level because, so just to get a little background, the reason why when you're younger, you have a higher risk level is that if the market craters, it's okay. Cause you have that time to recover it. Right. Yeah. So the rule, the general rule is that every seven years, the market typically doubles or your investment would typically double. Mm-hmm. So if you have 35 years, right, that's five times of it possibly doubling. And once again, nothing's ever a guarantee in the market. Yeah. But but we have historic trends that we right. can follow. Right. So generally speaking, these are they're not hard and fast rules. Yes. But they're pretty well understood trends that we can 
be pretty confident in. Yes. And when the market crashes, historically, it's always rebounded. Yeah. So having that time, which is why the rule of 100, that thumb rule is invented, so to speak, or came about is because it's an easy mathematical indicator of risk. Yeah. So when we're talking about, um, once again, we're just going back to having a well-diversified portfolio. Our first point was just to really understand the different cap levels of companies, see why they're different cap levels because of their valuation, because of how much money they're making, and why it's important to have some large ones because we're pretty safe and secure, and some small ones because we have room for growth. Our next point was then having a good balance between stocks and bonds. And Kevin did a really good job of explaining just this simple idea of your age being a good indicator to understand how much in bonds I should have. Because bonds are are kind of once again like this large cap yeah. in that they're pretty safe and secure and they're not going to bump up all of a sudden. But I'm going to have them as kind of this safety blanket that I know I'm, I'm going to have my money well taken care of, even as the market crashes. And, and maybe some people don't understand why stocks are a little bit more risky and why bonds are safer. Can you just explain a little bit about why bonds, why, when we say bonds are safe when the market crashes, why, why is that? Yeah, so I guess to put it more simply here, uh, the best way I would describe it as is, is that bonds are backed typically, treasury bonds are backed by the U.S. government, which has never historically defaulted on its loans. And the full faith and credit clause is in play here of the U.S. government, yeah. which is historically never failed. Therefore, the credit rating is incredibly good. And with it never historically failing, you have that full faith and credit that your bond will not fail and that interest rate will continue to grow and that you will always have that. Yeah. And with the stocks, there really is no guarantee. There's no faith that the market will always go up. So yeah. you have that risk factor that you don't have with bonds. And that, yeah. in its most simple sense, is a good way of kind of thinking about it, I think. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So hopefully that's a little helpful. Uh, point number three, then, when we're talking about a well-diversified portfolio, in addition to the cap value, in addition to the stock the stock and bond ratio of, of your portfolio is having an understanding of the difference between international and then domestic. And obviously, these terms are pretty common, right? If, if you have a domestic flight, you, you know you're staying in your country. If you have an international flight, you're going outside of your country. So when we're talking about stocks and bonds being international and being domestic, pretty simply stated, if they're domestic, they're in your country. Yeah. If they're international, they're outside of your country. Now, when we're talking about having a well-diversified portfolio, some people may say, well, I'm concerned that having stocks or bonds or some investment outside of my country might be more risky because, one, I don't live in that country. Two, I don't understand all that's going on in that country and the economy and everything. So that's a little intimidating. So I'm just going to avoid international completely and just go with domestic. So maybe somebody's only in the S&P 500, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, which is sure. an all-American uh, index. Right. So it's all-American companies. We are encouraging people to not just go into all-American companies because you're less diversified if you're only in American companies. And and when we talk about the importance of international in our portfolio and why that's important, 
if a client comes up to you and, and, and has those concerns, yeah, how are you going to kind of encourage them? And what points would you make to kind of help them understand why it's important to have international? Yeah, I think it comes back to that diversification we talked about a little bit already. And, you know, you don't want to have all your eggs in that one basket with domestic. Uh, it's nice to get into that international growth area because with international, you know, the world grows at different paces and mm-hmm. some economies outpace others. Historically, they always have. And with that, if you're in international, you're able to be a part of that. You're able to kind of hedge your bets, so to speak, against the domestic so that you're in both where, once again, you're more diversified. You're able to take advantage of opportunities that you didn't have maybe in the domestic area. Yeah. And the nice thing about that is that you're capitalizing on it. But even if you're losing a little bit, you're diversified enough. Once again, that domestic will have your back. And, you know, once again, you're a little bit of everywhere. So that helps you in the diversification. Another reason why it might be a good thing to think about is currency value. Yeah. Right. So the currency is different. Um, There's a different conversion rate depending on what you're trading in. But the dollar, which we use the American dollar here, is uh, right now it's weakening because of all the stuff that's going on that uh, is happening, basically. But it's weakening. So therefore, with that weakening, um, being an international might get you a little bit more bang for the buck, so to speak. And you're able to um, kind of, once again, hedge against the currency. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take this, maybe make it a little bit more personal. Um, imagine right now, so, so we're early in 2023. Imagine you live in a country that's going through wars right now. And, and we can think of a couple of different countries probably that are, that are having some political unrest right now. Maybe it's France, maybe it's the Ukraine. There's a do- couple yeah. of different countries that are dealing with some stuff. Um, imagine that you have only your stocks in that country and, and the companies that are in that country, because of the political unrest, are having issues. Naturally, makes right. sense. What happens to your investments because of that? And, and, and it's completely out of control, right? And it's not that the companies are even doing anything wrong. It's just because of the, of the context that they're in with all of the things going on in their country, their value is going to be going down because they're going to be having all these different struggles. Those people who are looking at now retiring in the next few months or year might be like, oh, no, I don't know what to do. Whereas in America or other different countries, there might not be that political tension and the other country, the other companies might be more thriving, right? So if they have this diversification, you have some in your country that are really struggling and some in another country that aren't. So now you have this this hedge against, ah, oh, my whole portfolio took a tank, whereas mm-hmm. only a percentage of my portfolio took a tank, and I still have this other one kind of holding me above water, so I'm still okay. Yes. That's why we're talking about this idea of diversified portfolio being so important, because none of us can really tell the future. Right. None of us understand what's going to happen. And none of us really realize the, the effects of all the different things that aren't causing, that, that do cause the effects on our portfolios and our finances around the world. So it's important to really understand why a diversified portfolio is important. And, and we're talking even last week, when you're investing, Apple's a great company. Yeah. Don't put all your money in just Apple because if something happens <laughs> with them, which Something could happen. I mean, who knows? With, with a company that large, something could happen. It could tank, and you could really be having a real big struggle. 
Um, I mean, imagine with Amazon, Jeff Bezos just died all of a sudden. I mean, he's the face of the company. Who knows what that would do, right? So having this diversification, understanding that my, all my money is not in this one place, it's a big deal and it's important. And we really want people to understand that it's important. And, it, and it's not difficult, no. right? It's not hard. It's no. not this complicated, big thing. It, it's not hard to, to have a different variation of stocks and bonds in your portfolio. No. It's not any harder to buy international stocks than it is to buy domestic stocks, is it? I mean, not really. There's places to do both, of course, and yeah. there's funds that have both. And, you know, they're a lot more accessible now than they've ever been, yeah. right, with uh, just technology the way it is now. So at this point, I would say you're without excuse, right? At yeah. this point, there's there's ways to do it. But we do hope that uh, you did learn something, right? Yeah. Obviously, that's always the point of this. Uh, once again, just to recap, risk, know your risk. Uh, the second one, diversify, right? Yep. Uh, small cap, mid cap, large cap, know what those mean. Um, make sure that uh, your stock to bond ratio is, is good, adequate for your risk factor. And changing as you're getting yes. older. Even. Don't just set it and leave it for 20 years, yeah. right? You want to double check on it and yeah. check on it once a year, once every six months, whatever you're comfortable with, Yeah. but reasonably so. And then the last thing, domestic and international, making sure that you're diversified in those. Yeah. So with that, uh, next week we'll talk about how cash is important in a portfolio mm -hmm. and having some cash and making sure that uh, you, you know what to do with that and rebalancing your portfolio and then how to be more tax efficient with it because yeah. that's important with yep. taxes. Yep. Um, when we'll also go over some investment terms and kind of dive a little deeper into those. Uh, but with that, we do hope you enjoyed this and subscribe. Please subscribe. Visit uh, our website, financialfeastpod.com. Oh, and um, check out our shirts. For yes. those of you on YouTube. Yes, for those of you on YouTube. We did coordinate, actually. Yeah, for we, the first time We didn't time just ever. accidentally show up and just wear yes. the same shirt. They say feast, feast mode in case anybody's... These are our Thanksgiving backwards. shirts. Yeah, because doesn't it mirror, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't feast know. That probably does, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they say feast mode. So, feast mode, financial feast, right? And I was supposed to wear a hat, but I forgot. So Well, that's all right. I, I texted wars. him before yeah. and said um, he was going to wear his, his brown hat. So, for those of you who are just listening on the podcast, we applaud you. Thank you for listening. Yes. But check us out on YouTube, too. We're on video. It's a lot more fun. You get to see us. And I'm wearing an Eagles hat. KJ is yeah. not wearing any hat, no. even though he was supposed to be wearing supposed a brown Hat. We're very big football fans, if you haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for this season. Right now it's only March, but we're staying in contact as well as uh, we're in a fantasy football league. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes this year. But all that to say, go on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're there. We'll see you around, and um, we'll see you next week. 